Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029, and and always, we always have Shyler from B1029, and we're recapping some of the big entertainment stories from the week of September 12th. So let's kick off with the Emmy Awards. They were on uh, this past Monday, September 12th, and we had some big winners, um, and some also... We had some uh, key moments that Shyla, you you actually got to you talked about these during your show. So Lizzo had a had a great moment because one of, her show actually won an Emmy. Um, also, there was another moment with uh, Pete Davidson, who was a surprise uh, presenter. And then there was an another incident that kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. So why don't you take us through some of those key moments? You know, I love Lizzo so much. Like. She is fantastic. And the way she handles herself on stage is so authentic. So she got on stage and she was very emotional when she accepted her outstanding competition program um, award. She said, quote, when I was a little girl, all I wanted to see was me in the media. Someone fat like me, black like me, beautiful like me. If I could go back and tell little Lizzo something, I'd be like, you're going to see that person, but it's going to have to be you. The fact that she was like her own inspiration and like her own motivation to get here. I mean, she just, she don't miss. She don't miss. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorite celebrities now. I mean, I just think she's amazing. You know, for someone, go ahead. Sorry. No, I I just, I'm just going to keep on my I love Lizzo train. (laughs) (laughs) You go right ahead. You keep rolling on that train. Don't let me stop you. No, I just love her so much. I just feel like she is so authentic and genuine. I feel like Lizzo, who we get on stage, performing, on TikTok, on any social media, like, that's her. I don't feel like there is, like, a celebrity, like, disconnect. Like, I feel like she is 100% always this person. I could be absolutely losing my mind, but. You're right. She she is one of probably the few, if, if at all, the only, you're right, celebrity that no matter, we've seen her in interviews, TikTok, um, even, you know, she, she just, she, she accepts who she is. She is who she is and she owns it. And she's owned it since day one, since we first, you know, seen Lizzo come on the scene. You're right. She's probably one of the few, if probably the only that it doesn't matter where she's at, who she's being interviewed by or what she's doing on social media there's no there's no like one Lizzo versus the other Lizzo. It's just you get that one Lizzo no matter where you are or where she's at. That's her. And that yes. that's what I think is great about 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 Lizzo is is that, you know, you're not sure which one you're going to get. You just know that you're always going to get Lizzo. And that's awesome. Yeah, she is like unapologetically herself and doesn't make excuses or or like she just exudes so much confidence. Like really she is like the kind of inspiration and role model that I think, I I think that we needed, you know, she, she, she was right. You know, she wanted to see someone who reflected her in the media and was like, well, if nobody else is going to do it, uh, I'm going to work my butt off and get, and do it myself. I mean, it was just absolutely, I mean, she's a hundred percent right. Yeah. And now then Pete Davidson, was he even scheduled to even be on the Emmys? He he came out and presented, right? Yeah, it was a surprise. I didn't realize he was supposed to be there. He was kind of like, did anybody notice that he was kind of like cosplaying as Kanye West? <laughs> he had on an you know outfit what? that- Honestly, wouldn't surprise me and good on him. Yes, it, I mean, he had on an outfit that looked just ironically similar to a outfit that 
Kanye had worn with Kim. So it was just like, mm, girl, I see what you're doing there. And I love it. I love the pettiness. Um, but he was, he was really, really sweet. I mean, obviously he's got some history with Keenan Thompson. So before he was doing like his presentation for, uh, it was outstanding comedy series. Um, he, yeah, he just gave some love to, to Keenan Thompson. He said, uh, you know, that he's been in the game a really long time. Just, just killing it. Just doing nothing but giving us absolute feel good all the time for 30 years. Um, and, you know, called him out for being a, a really good friend. I mean, that, that's sweet. I, I really, especially after the Oscars, we needed a wholesome, like, brotherly moment in an award show. Because obviously the Oscars was kind of a show. So it's like this being way more about, like, the collective and and family aspect of the industry. Yeah, for sure. And then, so speaking of kind of cringeworthy moments, there was one moment that I don't think was intended to come off this way, but some people took it that way. But it had to do with uh, uh, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Quinta Brunson, who won for uh, Abbott Elementary. And so... Now, Jimmy was up for an award and he lost, right? So that was like the whole bit. Like, obviously, he's, you know, a comedian first and foremost. Yeah. So like him and um, Will Arnett. Yeah, like that was like the thing was that, you know, if he loses his Emmy, then he's he's going to get drunk, I guess. So he like played wasted, passed out drunk on the stage. Like it was a, it was a bit like he wasn't. But he laid on the stage like the it was so awkward it were i mean for me i'm not a huge kimmel fan i guess i don't think he's like a terrible person but i i just don't i don't think he's as funny as a lot of other people find him to be <laughs> i didn't find this bit to be funny it just was really unfortunate timing i think on his part i don't think he realized or anybody realized just how like i i get committing to the bit i get it and I respect that as a performer. But laying on the stage while someone is trying to receive an award? Yeah. Just kind of like, dude, read the room. Like, get up, you know, shake her hand or, you know, give them some love and then just go away. Like, Will Arnett had to come back on the stage and finish the bit by dragging Kimmel back off. Yeah. There, it's there, like, it seems uh, kind of like a little bit of a time and a place for that. But... What's what's actually interesting is that Quinta was actually on Jimmy Kimmel uh, after the Emmys, and so there, you know, Kimmy or uh, Jimmy actually apologized for it, and so Quinta, you know, obviously accepted the apology. But I, they were asking her about it, I think, after like backstage after she won, and I mean, she really wasn't like offended by it. Um, she kind of thought it was funny, so I'm glad that you know, she had a good sense of humor about it, you know, cause I mean, that's a big moment for her and to yeah. kind of have like an overshadowing type of thing now with, with Jimmy laying on the stage. I mean, I'm glad she, she actually kind of, you know, again, had a, had a good sense of humor about it, kind of brushed it off, you know, laughed about it, then went on to Jimmy Kimmel and they, you know, joked about it a little bit. He apologized. She accepted the apology and, and now hopefully we can just move past it and, 
go on to the NX Awards show to see if there's going to be something else that's going to be cringeworthy that we can talk about on our podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I live for the cringeworthy moments because it gives us something to talk about. It's it's very lucky for Jimmy that he and Quinta have such a great relationship and such a like established history with one another. Like he's been a huge fan of hers. Oh my gosh, since like her like BuzzFeed days. Like she's she's got a great relationship and friendship with Jimmy Kimmel. So maybe it seemed okay to him at the time because they had that like established friendship with one another. He didn't think like it would be this big of a deal, but, and obviously to her, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, she had joked and said like, I might punch him in the face when I'm on there tomorrow night. Like, but (laughs) we all know like they're friends. And she had said that he's one of the first people that she had ever like shared these like bits with and stuff and, and bounced ideas off of like, he's been a huge, a huge piece of her career. So they've got an established friendship. So it was unfortunate, but also fortunate that it was the two of them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. So speaking of cringeworthy and we know Shyla, you're a big Spears fan, Britney Spears fan, free Britney. Um, Britney has been on some posts lately that I don't know. I, one of them actually kind of caused a little bit of backlash. So if you follow Brittany on Instagram, you'll notice that she's been posting lately about kind of like her conservatorship and, and how certain decisions she couldn't make during that time. And lately she's been actually talking about her backup dancers. And in one of the posts that just came out over the, you know, this past week was she talked about how, when it came to like photo shoots and music videos and, you know, being on stage, she couldn't, she didn't get to choose her backup dancers. And, you know, the backup dancers made her not look, not look the best on stage. And so in one of the posts, she actually says, quote, if I had Christina Aguilera's dancers, I would have looked extremely small. And she also goes on to say in that post that, you know, because of what happened during, it may not have been that post, but in a, in a previous post, I, I should correct myself on that. But in another post, she also mentioned how during that time with, you know, the photo photo shoots not being professional, making her not look good, making her kind of feel self-conscious that she even said that, look, I'm never, I'm likely never going to perform again on stage ever. So with that and kind of calling out, not really calling out, but mentioning Christina, some fans were a little like, hey, why are you body shaming Christina? And so then Brittany had to write another post saying, look, I was not being critical of Christina's body. In fact, she called it Christina's beautiful body. And she even said to say that, quote, I flew to see her show once. And the main thing I noticed was the difference of our people on stage. And the only thing I think that she was trying to convey was that, you know, Christina not being in a conservatorship like Britney, Christina's dancers, you know, complimented Christina on stage, whether rather when Britney was on stage, her backup dancers really didn't, I guess, compliment her. I know it's a very touchy subject and a very i don't know it's something that you got to be careful of when you're talking about these things that that i think britney like you said on your show shyler that you know she's trying to convey something that she probably didn't do a good job of conveying yeah i mean that's the problem with britney is she's been silenced for so long that now when she speaks it's kind of like word vomit you you know what i mean like she doesn't know where the lines are she doesn't she's not super savvy i guess when it comes to like couth and etiquette so i know what she's trying to say she's trying to say that she was manipulated 
and pressured into making sure she was thin and uh, and attractive because she had no choice because her family is choosing these backup dancers saying like, hey, you don't want to, you know, they're the ones that are have been toxic her whole life. They're the ones saying you have to look better than them. So get the get to the gym, you know, go work out, go do this, polish that. So because of them driving her the way they had, you know, she would have had a choice. She might have said, like, I want some more diversity. I want some more body types or anything. But she didn't get a say. So I don't think I know I know what it came across as bad, but I also understand what I think she was trying to say. And it's just like, she was, she was bullied by her family into being this like picture perfect cut out, always consistent, always the same, never any flaws or anything like that because she had no choice because if she was, I mean, she even quoted uh Ronnie Dangerfield. She said, um, quote, I found there was only one way to look thin quote, hang out with fat people. So it's like she needed, like, <laughs> Christina Aguilera is a curvy woman. I mean, she's she's Latin American. She's She's mm-hmm. got curves. Like, it's it's part of her, her culture and who she is. So that's always been consistent in her music, in her music videos. Like, she, she dances, and she's always had people around her that also move like her and look like her. So she was able to kind of pick and choose and and do things her own way. This is just Britney's jealousy coming out. I mean, it's not jealousy of like Christina's body or anything like that. It's just the fact that, you know, Christina got to do it the way she wanted to. She got to become a pop star the way she wanted to. And Britney didn't get that. Her family did that. And now she's trying to speak out on it. And she's just not doing it in a very polite way because she just doesn't know any better. I mean, she's like, she's literally like a 20 year old. In a 40-year-old's body because she's been silenced for so long. Yeah. Well, and of course, I mean, other posts that she's had, you know, she's obviously we've we've seen Britney basically naked on Instagram, just some little stickers and emojis covering up bits and pieces. So, but I guess, and we've talked about this before on previous episodes that, you know, she hasn't had that chance to, I guess, express herself or or I guess feel the need to express herself in a way she never was able to before i don't know but it just yeah you're right she she hasn't known the best way to i guess convey these things because you're right she's been silenced all these years we've we haven't really seen the actual true britney ever until now i mean not to say this is actually how britney is now but she just doesn't know how to in a I guess, diplomatic way <laughs> can convey yeah. these things. Well, that's the thing. It's like, she's, I mean, she's been silenced for so long and she's, she is even like with the, the, the nudity, like even with these posts that she's been making, you know, notoriously forever. I mean, that's all she's been taught is that she's nothing but her body you know, her, I mean, that's her family has told her that the media has told her that. So she's like, here I am with my body trying to get attention. Please help me. Like she's, she's doing, it's like, she's a toddler. It's like, she's a child because she didn't really get that. I mean, it's like Michael Jackson. It's like that same, like, like stuck in a, in a, in a era of time. And she just doesn't know how to communicate today. She's still communicating. Like it's like, it's back then. You know, she's like, look at me, I'm toxic. Oops, I did it again. And like, that's because that's where how she got attention. 
So she's trying to do that same thing now, not realizing like it's a different time. It's a different era. You're a different person. Like you've, you've grown up or, you know, you've, you've aged, I guess. You know what I mean? Like you've gotten older. Like we don't do that. (laughs) We don't do that anymore. (laughs) We don't post pictures of our naked bodies on, on Instagram just to try to get attention. I understand, you know, there were dire, you know, measures needed to be taken to get her, you know, to get legal action taken against her family and freed her of her conservatorship. But like, that's, that's what I mean. It's like, she, this is all she's ever known is look, I'm hot. Give me what I want. Or, you know, listen to me kind of thing. She's she's got Sam for that. (laughs) You know, she's got her (laughs) husband for that. And I'm, and I'm, and I would assume that he's like, yeah, you are hot. You're my wife. I would assume so. But again, I don't know. We, we don't, we don't physically live in that space. We just, only know what we see and read about. See, and I think um, he's smart. I think he is like, you go, baby. Like you, you, you do whatever makes you happy because that's, I mean, that's what she needs. You know, she's got literally like her whole world against her right mm-hmm. now. Her kids, her ex-husband, her family. Like she's got no one. I mean, in her eyes, you know what I mean? Like she's in a in a very lonely place. Yeah. So she's it, clinging to these communication tactics from back then thinking this is still like the best course of action i guess right i mean not realizing it could be super offensive and she's saying like oh yeah if i had fat backup dancers like that's not what she's saying she's saying if i got a a a say in my life i would have like i would have been different i think that's what she's trying to say if i had been able to make my voice heard throughout this, I would have been a different person or a different kind of superstar. I don't think she's saying like, oh, well, Christina Aguilera only looked hot because her backup dancers weren't, you know, because that's what it did kind of sound like. (laughs) I mean, it did. It sounded really petty and like, but I just, I just don't think she's, I don't think she's good at the talking. (laughs) She she ain't that quite yet. Yeah. And and you know what, honestly, I, I think for Britney, what she needs to do is almost just like now that she's free of the conservatorship, almost just shut everything off, take some time to find Brittany, you know, with Sam, with her kids, you know, with whatever family and friends she has left and just, you know, find who Brittany really is. And if it's the Brittany we've always known, then cool. That's the Brittany we've always known. If it's somebody completely different, then let's see that Britney. Let's see Britney for Britney, not conservatorship Britney. We want Britney, Britney. And I, and I and I honestly think I think that's what she's maybe trying to do. Just again, doesn't know, like we said, not doesn't know the best way to do that. But I mean, I think shutting off from, you know, just letting people, hey, you know what? I need some time just to find me, be me, be with and find my inner self who I want to be, who I need to be or whatever it is. And then let's have that Brittany come back. 100%. I I think so too. I think she needs like a good long timeout and just, just, just center herself, just get back to, or, or figure, yeah, figure out who she wants to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I know she feels like she's, she's like, okay, I've finally got a voice now. I'm going to speak up. And it's like, yeah, but you know, talking crap about your kids and your ex-husband and your dad saying your dad should burn in hell. Like it's not like, that's not the Brittany we know. 
So it comes across as very jarring. And all of us are like, oh, no, like, that's not okay. And it's like, we, we really have no idea who this, she doesn't know who this person is. She's still like, just, she's still in fight mode. Yeah. And she just needs to like, take a step back, center herself, figure out what is most important to her. If, if making her peace known and, and giving out all these details is is what she wants 100 i'm behind her i mean I, i'm i'm a ride or die i'm with her but <laughs> i also think that it's just been non-stop it's been non-stop since the conservatorship as soon as that was done it was like okay even when she took a quote-unquote break from social media it wasn't it, it wasn't that long no, no it was it was hardly a break at all yeah. and and look if she's worried about people if she's worried about the fans don't be worried about the fans. The fans will be with you like Shiler, ride or die. Yep. <laughs> and and you know what? We'll be glad to see when she comes back. But I mean, I, I honestly believe that she needs, she just takes some time, get away from everything. It, it, you know, if you want to go in the studio and noodle around, go in the studio and noodle around. If you want to go dance, go dance. I, I mean, do it, do it, make like make, do what makes you happy. Find your inner peace and come back when you are clear of mind. And yep. if you, and if she needs to stay angry at her family and that's what it's going to have to be, then okay. Stay angry at your family for, for what they did or did not do and just move on. Yeah, exactly. All right. So more controversy or at least rumors that we've been got that we've got probably within the last month. And finally, we've kind of gotten a little more insight into it. So back in August during training camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we all know, Tom Brady has unretired from football. He retired, then unretired. He's pulling a Brett Favre for those of you that that follow the NFL. He uh, unretired and then. During training camp in August, Tom Brady had to step away from training camp for personal reasons. And there's been rumors that Giselle has not been happy since Tom decided to unretire from football. And there's been rumors and some reports that she's, you know, moved, she's left. They're kind of unofficially separated, I guess. I mean, Giselle, she she did an interview with uh, with Elle magazine, and she kind of touched a little bit on this, but didn't really full blown go into it. But you know, she's t- she talks about you know how she spent most of her twenties in the in the fast paced fashion life, and then she spent her thirties, obviously married to Tom with the two kids, and you know following him around. And while she hasn't really stayed too much in touch with the fashion sense. I mean, she's kind of dabbled, but not as much as she was, but she has other passions. Like she really is about, uh, as far as the future of the planet and she's from Brazil and she really wants to focus on the planet and Brazil, as far as kind of the, the environmental state of the planet in Brazil. And so she says some quotes that I'm going to throw these out there to you. And you kind of decide for yourself, is she, Kind of hinting that, you know, I I got some stuff I want to do, too. I'm not just going to follow you around because you want to play football and possibly, you know, injure yourself to the point where you're not going to be there for me or your or your kids. Or she just maybe not really angry at all. 
So some of the quotes in the interview include, I feel very fulfilled as a mother and as a wife, and now it's going to be my turn. And so she also says, too, when regards to her husband, Tom Brady, retiring and then unretiring, she says, I think this is the system we've been living in. That's what society has accepted and what society or society hasn't accepted. Obviously, I have my concerns. This is a very violent sport, and I have my children, and I would like him to be more present. I have definitely had those conversations with him over and over again, but ultimately, I feel that everybody has to make a decision that works for them. He needs to follow his joy, too. And, you know, I understand where she's coming from because, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's in his 40s. He's kind of in that that time where most NFL superstars are like, you know what? I think I'm I'm good. I I I, I I'm at that point where you know what? I, my body's getting older. I'm not able to do as much as I did back in my prime, and I think it's time for me to go. And so I don't know if this is more of like a Tom Brady. I got to win that one more Super Bowl type ordeal, or or what it is. Whatever made him decide to unretire, but. You know, I think Giselle was like, okay, cool, unretire. All right. You know, I got these things I want to do, and I can, uh, you know, Tom's going to be around with the kids, and we can enjoy ourselves more. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? I'm going back to training camp. Wait, what? I don't know. What What do you think? Do you think she's kind of nudging that, you know what? Not happy that he's unretiring, or I don't know. It, it, it's It's weird. I mean, on one hand, I get it. Like, you're right. I, I completely understand. Like, as a woman, your identity can ebb away and be replaced by the roles of wife and mother. I mean, especially, you know, society is weird and and we tend to cling to those pieces of our lives as if it's our entire identity as women. But the thing is, she's not a wife, a mother, a woman. She is Giselle Bunchy, like she's a supermodel. <laughs> like you cannot tell me. Like there are, and and this, and I'm gonna get on my soapbox. Let me just drag it out real fast. But you, <laughs> I don't have a lot of sympathy. Like, oh, I want to live my life too. I want to do. Yeah, you can. You're you're a millionaire. You can do whatever you want. Like that doesn't. Like you you don't need to take away from anybody else's dreams and aspirations just so you can do yours like to me it's like do it do it then like you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not waiting for my husband to reach his hopes and dreams in order for me to start on mine like that's that's a you thing babe that has nothing to do with your husband or your kids that's you and there are single mothers and and stay-at-home moms and working mothers there are women all over the world and right here, who are making it work not only for their children, for their families, for their husbands, but for themselves. You mean to tell me that Giselle, supermodel, like internationally, globally known Giselle, can't do anything without Tom Brady being at home or without Tom Brady being what pregnant barefoot in the kitchen? Like, baby, this ain't 1950, love. If you want to do something, go do it. Yeah, well... And she also mentioned, look, her kids are getting older, too. So, I mean, their son right now um, is, let's see, if I'm if I'm doing my math correctly, around 13. Their daughter is about 10. Um, and then Brady has a stepson 
um, who is 15. So, I mean, they're, they're getting to that teen, preteen age. So, I mean, yeah, you, you see it all the time where you see celebrities and their, and their spouses, you know, one, the one spouse is doing this thing over here and the other spouse is doing this thing over there. I mean, they're still together. They just have, they're just, you know, doing their passions because, you know, one's out filming or one's out playing ball and the other one's doing this thing over here where they got some sort of, you know, passion that they follow or some organization that they're a part of. And yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that, that, yeah, I mean, what, what is it that's really stopping you? That's what's so frustrating. Cause it's like, my, I mean, my dad, my dad isn't Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my dad was a car salesman growing up and he had to put in a lot of freaking hours. Granted, I know he's not in a completely different state. My dad worked out of town a lot of my life and my mom like I said, just like a ton of women all over the world made it work. You know, you, you make it, you figure out what's important to you and you make it work. And, and I just, I don't have a lot of sympathy for someone who has all of the resources and all of like all of the means to make it work, but it's like, when <laughs> it's not working. Like, no, if my mom could do it, and my, if my parents could have done it in a Midwest town, working the hours that they did and and did all they could, you know what I mean? Like they just turning into uh, Shiler brag about her parents hour. But, like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like if these people, these everyday Americans can make it work, Giselle can make it work. Like it, that's that to me is like the, the the nobody wants to work anymore kind of thing. Like you can do it. You can do it. And I understand like wanting to have like a male, like that father figure in the home or like more consistent, but you can't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that the game is very important to Tom Brady, but I mean, well, so he's he, just not he, a dad through NFL season. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's right. I don't, I I mean, don't know he's, if I he, that. he's busy from obviously August to about January, maybe early February if they get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I mean, the rest of the year, I'm assuming he's home. I mean, he's definitely not exactly. playing football. So yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, maybe some little jealousy or <laughs> or is Shiler calling it wan? <laughs> sorry, going I'm on on sorry. the. <laughs> you're a supermodel. Like you're globally known. Like you, if you want to make a difference in the world, like Lord knows she can do it. She can do it with her eyes closed. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> All right, moving on to our final wah story. So obviously we learned uh, that Queen Elizabeth II passed away at the age of 96. I mean, that, that she, she, this is the only queen that most of, you know, the United Kingdom has ever known. Um, For 70 years. Yeah. And so now, of course, her son, Charles, is now King Charles. And, and, and my daughter was saying to us uh, the other day, she says, I'm having a hard time calling him King Charles because we've always known him as Prince Charles. And my wife that's and I so are like, sweet. yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, I mean, it is, it is hard now because you have to realize he's king now because of, you know, obviously the, how the progression goes in the royal family. Yeah. But there was an Australian publication called Seven News that ran the story about a man 
claiming to be the secret love child of King Charles and Camilla. And apparently this guy, his name is Simon Durante Day. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right. Durante or Durante Day. Um, has DNA breakthrough in an effort to prove that he is actually their son. So he's from Queensland, Australia. And he said, quote, there has been a discussion in there between a judge and myself and his barrister about the legal standing of Charles and whether the monarch is protected by the law or is above the law. And the answer to that is no. They told me that they don't see any reason why he is. Secondly, Camilla and her family are certainly not above the law. So that's that argument's already been and had, I guess, settled. And so um, apparently he's got uh, DNA. A D, or he, I'm sorry, it would it'll eventually lead to an application for a DNA test when he's back in family court. And so here's the story. He, he was born in 1966 in the UK. He was adopted at the age of eight by a local couple. His adoptive grandparents uh, worked for the Queen and Prince Philip in one of the royal households. And at the time of his birth, Camilla was 17. Charles would have been 18. The two reportedly did not meet until 1970, but uh, Simon insists that they were linked earlier. And he claims that his grandmother told him many times that his biological parents were Charles and Camilla. Now, if you've seen the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> kind of sounds like that. I mean, yeah. spoiler alert. The Joker believes that his father is actually Thomas Wayne because that's what his mom has been telling him when in actuality it was an all made up thing it was never true but that's what he believed um so i ugh, this is kind of bad timing i mean look yeah right you know charles lost his mom obviously and now he's king and now this guy for whatever reason all of a sudden like you know what now's the perfect time to have this come out I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I mean, this Simon here from, from Queensland, Australia is, is very adamant that he is the secret love child between Charles and Camilla. And look, if it turns out to be true, Oh man, stop the press. We got to run this for like the next, you know, six months and how this is going to affect the Royal family. So, I mean, I, I know, some about the royal family i my wife and i watch i think like the first season of the crown and part okay. of the second so we, we kind of know some things <laughs> but oh, yeah. you know that checks out yeah yeah but you know okay so turn let's see this ends up being true so does that mean that i i don't know where he falls in line is he is he in front of william he's is he well he, no he he would be well he would be behind William and Harry because they obviously would have been. Well, no, that yeah. doesn't make any sense because they weren't married. They weren't married. It's illegitimate. I mean, I mean this is this is modern day. Oh, game man. This, yeah, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, because then he would actually be older. than He's actually older than William and Harry. So does does that make him the heir after? I don't know. There, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of red tape and bylaws and things in, in the royal family and parliament and all that good stuff that obviously we don't understand or know about. 
but that that'd be my question is like look if, yeah i mean if this turns out to be true is william like hang on time out you mean i'm not the heir now well if there's anything i okay so the extent of i mean i've i like i like history and i like i like learning about history but From what I understand, the 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 fact of the matter is Charles and Camilla were not married at the time of his conception. Right. Therefore, he is an illegitimate son. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he has zero royal like titles or or um any, any, anything. He has no acknowledgement of the crown and and of 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 the royal family. If if that it, if it were true, it has zero um, effect on like the line of succession. Like it's still going to be William and Harry and the kids. It's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's that's it is super crappy timing. I mean, I th- I think that. I mean, I think he's an opportune. Like he, he you know, this is this is an opportunity for fifteen minutes of fame. If it yeah. even if it is the truth, this is not this is not the time like the whole like there's a huge portion of the world that is mourning their leader right now and this is this is what like this is how you want to put yourself in the spotlight and this at this moment maybe wait and maybe maybe wait like i don't know what the etiquette is on exposing you know your your parents or whatever for being crappy people but like the fact of the matter is like diana's sons are the heirs period (laughs) like those like and that is and that is what elizabeth like that was the whole point like we knew we knew charles and camilla had a thing going on i don't know how long it goes back but we knew and even diana knew you know she was you know she was you know brokenhearted and embarrassed you know he um i'll get on my high horse about that too (laughs) but that's what i mean it's like you know even if it is the case it has zero relevance to any politicking, I guess. Right. Try yeah. as he might. You know, and, and there's always the, the royal family is just interesting because, I mean, obviously, it, it the rulers stay within that family. Yes. And so, you know, you're right. It is very Game of Thrones like. You know, because you, you got to have the air and make sure they're legitimate and, you know, I guess struggle for power. We have people coming in like this guy here claiming that, you know, I'm I'm the illegitimate son of uh, Charles and Camilla. Cool. You're, you're not entitled to anything. Um, but if it is true, uh, sorry. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, this is literal like backwards season one game of thrones <laughs> no spoilers here but yeah, like it's true literally game of thrones and <laughs> like fighting legitimacies and saying like oh well they they aren't the true heir because they're not this or you know they're not true born or whatever like that is a huge piece of this very <laughs> just archaic model of leadership i mean it's 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 there's a reason why like there's like no one else does this because right. it's just because you're gonna have that exactly yep so we'll see we'll see if they have an illegitimate son or not i guess we'll, we'll yeah, find out see. in the years to come <laughs> i want to see the dna results give me the dna results because i would love nothing more than to drag king charles <laughs> and talk crap 
<laughs> nothing more than just yeah <laughs> making him feel like crap well that's gonna do it for this episode of the weekly trash recap podcast we drop new episodes every tuesday morning make sure you subscribe so you know when we drop that new episode and you can listen to all of our episodes at b1029.com or anywhere you get your podcasts for shyler i'm joe from b1029 and we'll catch you next week